Welcome to the Aging Well Podcast. I'm Jeff Armstrong, here with Corbin Bruton. In this and the episodes that follow, we will share candid discussions on aging and hear from the experts. We are here to inform and encourage as we experience, well, aging. In this episode, we are joined by Dr. Andy Clancy, one of my former students and a physical therapist who specializes in managing back pain for health and aging well. We discuss the myths about back pain and the importance of core and training functional activities. So Andy, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you became a physical therapist. Yeah, so originally I thought I'd go into some kind of like ACL rehab or prevention. Um, And then I started to realize as I got through school and kind of my first couple of years working, how much back pain really affected the patient population and just um, America and around the world in general. Um, some so so some statistics I have are that eight in ten Americans will experience low back pain at some point in their life. Five percent will go on to have chronic back pain. Six hundred and thirty-five billion is spent annually in the U.S. on back pain, whether it's office visits, imaging, medication, surgery, um, and one of the most common reasons that somebody will miss work. Um, and it's just I started to realize how important it is, you know, for people to be able to provide for their families and how much it affects the workforce. Um, so when I got out of school, I think a lot of my classmates would agree that I know I personally felt actually the least confident in treating the spine. Um, it's just the most complex compared to like a post-op ACL or rotator cuff repair. Um, so I, the first job I took was actually the job at a clinic that specializes in treating the spine. And my first couple of years out of school, I took a lot of continuing education courses and um, exams to really become good. I treated hundreds of patients um, with back pain. You recently launched Active Professionals with Back Pain on Facebook. Tell us about that. The more I kind of started to work and treat patients with back pain, I realized how much, um, how many patients were kind of becoming dependent on passive modalities and patients would want to come in and have heat or ice or e-stim and research is really moving toward active exercise and functional activities to really reduce and improve and get rid of back pain. Um, and so I created an online coaching program so that sessions can focus on really solving the issue and giving patients tools to be able to manage and get rid of their pain independently through functional activities. Um, It also is something that, you know, for I know for myself personally, if I had to attend PT sessions throughout the week, it would be extremely tough with my work schedule. So this will be something that's great for busy professionals who don't have a lot of time during the week to go to into a clinic and they can kind of just hop on a call over their lunch break or in the evening. Um, But so the real, I mean, the point of the Facebook page is just really to start educating people on core strengthening, lifting mechanics, posture, ergonomics, um, and giving people tools to start to get rid of their pain. Um, And I think the more that we can even prevent it from coming on in the first place, the better off we are as a population. Yeah, I personally think, and we talk about a lot on the podcast, that preventative health is the most important thing that the medical profession should be focusing it on. And if we're going to age well, then we got to keep people from getting debilitated. Yeah, I think it's really hard 
to really educate people to invest in their health before there's an issue. <laughs> um, and, you know, people don't want to spend thousands of dollars on on preventative care when in reality it can save them so much time, money, energy, pain down the road. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just to start to do things now that get you moving. And a lot of people think that you have to buy a gym membership and go five days a week and have a whole routine. And really for you know a lot of people, that's not going to be a reality. Um, even just going on a walk over your lunch break or you know, doing some yoga in the mornings before work or spending 20 minutes just really getting moving um, can prevent a lot of injury down the road. So you were a high school athlete. What do you think we could be doing, you know, in that kind of K through 12 that might even be preventing or projecting into people's futures to help them have better back health? I think the biggest thing is just to get signed, get kids signed up for activities and sports and things that just keep them busy and keep them moving. Um, I think weight training is also, as they get a little bit older, something that's huge that's underutilized a lot in schools um, because just building strength and really learning some of those mechanics at a young age can really help transfer um, into sports and life as people be people get older, um, as well as prevent a lot of injuries. So there's a lot of high schoolers who tear ACLs or, you know, have to have surgeries and, you know, strength training is just so, so important as you start to play more competitive sports. So it looks like you've shared a few myths about back pain with your Facebook community. Let's talk about these. So your first one is herniated discs require back surgery. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I think there's quite a few myths about back pain in general. Um, and oftentimes people are told that they have, you know, a herniated disc or their spine's not aligned. Um, and oftentimes that can be rehabbed. So surgery really should be an absolute last resort. Um, there's very few instances where there's significant red flags where a surgery does need to happen immediately to decompress a nerve or, um, you know, to really, so that the the symptoms don't get worse, but majority of the time, surgery should be a last resort. There's a lot more conservative care and herniated discs can be rehabbed and have great outcomes. Um, so that's something that, you know, I recommend trying out, you know, depending on your symptoms and obviously talk to your doctor. I'm going to go off uh, our script a little bit here because recently on Facebook, I've, I've seen this ad and I've seen it a couple of times for this decompression belt. I don't know if you've seen any of those where it basically inflates and it's supposed to lift your spine up. What do you think about those? I mean, I know I have my feelings. <laughs> um, I, I haven't seen that, so I'm not sure exactly how it would work, but I think in general, you, you don't really want things that you are dependent on to like support your back or your spine. You want to build the strength and have the mobility um, to be able to kind of manage your symptoms without any external like tools. So typically that's kind of the, what I tell patients when they talk about a back support or a brace or something is you really want to just build up the strength and, and mobility to, to be able to be pain-free on your own without a device helping you out. 
Yeah, that was my feeling exactly. I mean, it seems like it's treating a symptom, you know, so you can take that pain away, but without that belt, you're still going to have, you know, disc problems. So strengthen the muscles, elongate the spine, work on posture and those types of things. That's another thing I was, I was going to say about, um, you know, how we can prevent back issues from early on in life is even just paying attention to our posture and lifting mechanics and having that be something that we learn early to where we're not waiting until we have pain in order to learn some of that. Yeah, I think it's kind of scary to look at the postures of some of these kids as I'm around the high school with the kids and stuff. And you see the really bad posture and it's like, that's just going to get worse and worse as they're aging. So tech's neck is becoming a big thing for some of the kind of millennials and younger generations. Um, they say if your head is flexed forward 45 degrees, that's equivalent to having an extra 45 pounds on top of your head. So if you think about how many times throughout the day you're kind of looking down on your computer or your phone, it's like literally setting a seven-year-old kid on top of your head and a lot of extra pressure on your spine. So something that's also good for people to be aware of throughout their day. Wow. A seven-year-old kid. Oh man. So let's go back to the uh, other myths. Um, Myth number two, lifting heavy is bad. Yeah. So I think a lot of times people just think like, oh, if I repetitively lift heavy at some point, I'm going to throw my back out. And lifting is actually can really build strength and resilience in the spine. You just want to have the proper body mechanics, keep the weight close to your body. Um, You know, I don't want people to be afraid to live their life and do things. It's just good to take these preventative measures beforehand and build up the strength and, um, you know, do what you can to prevent the injuries. But really lifting can build a lot of resilience and strength in the spine and is something that is great to to incorporate into your routine. Well, we too talk a little bit about lifting for aging well on this podcast. So that supports that. (laughs) Uh, Myth number three, rest is best. Yeah. So oftentimes when you have an injury, you know, you kind of want to just pop on the couch and, and rest. And when it comes to the back and actually a lot of parts of the body, it's just really important to get moving and not just lay in bed or on sit on the couch. Um, It's important to get the blood flowing to the tissues and can actually kind of heal things and make things feel better a lot faster. If you can kind of move around, Um, I'll have patients or clients come in and you know say they've they hurt their back so they've been sitting on the couch really for the last three days and flexion so when you're seated your low back is more flexed that can actually for a lot of people be the most aggravating position to be in so while they're trying to rest without realizing it they could be making things worse or more aggravated Um, so I try to tell people you know even every like 20 minutes try to get up move around go to the bathroom, grab a glass of water. Uh, You really don't want to just kind of sit around, even though it feels like what you want to do when things are hurting. It's really important to get the blood flowing and get your tissues moving. Great. And it kind of segues into my next question. Uh, And both really the second and the third myth. Um, I have had back issues from time to time, but one of the things that I've found that have been the best for it when I wake up and my back is stiff is to actually go do my workout, do some full range of motion squats and 
you know, lift heavier weights through a full range of motion, proper technique. And I actually find that my back feels better at the end of that workout. And I've actually been extolling the virtues of the Zercher squat a lot over recent episodes. It's an exercise that I've started introducing to the wrestlers that I'm working with at Westland High School, your alma mater, right? And um, the importance of that and strengthening their core, getting a healthy back, and just developing better athleticism. So what are your favorite exercises for maintaining a healthy back? Um, so I typically lean toward functional activities. So I like kind of bringing up the squatting. Um, I have never in my life given patients like crunches to strengthen their core. <laughs> um, it's really about getting up and moving so that the weights transfer to life. So lunges, squats. I do a lot of suitcase carries, farmers carries, um, keeping the spine early on in a more neutral position can oftentimes be less aggravating where you're not doing deep flexion, like, um, crunches or a lot of exercises that are on your back. Um, planks can be great. They may not be on your feet, but kind of another good neutral spine, um, core strengthener. And I also think that strengthening unilaterally is really important. So whether it's single leg squats, single leg RDLs, um, single leg deadlifts, basically, um, or suitcase carries with weight on one side, we oftentimes have a more dominant side and it's really important to be able to kind of strengthen each side independently. So I do a lot of unilateral activities, but yeah, really just functional activities. Patients are surprised during the eval when I get them doing some suitcase carries across the gym, but that's truly what transfers best to life. So why is managing back pain important? Or more importantly, why is preventing back pain important? Yeah, so I don't think until you've had an injury or have been hurt or not really able to do what you love, I don't think people realize how much it affects so many aspects of your life. I mean, it really can, it affects your mental health and you kind of have to modify everything you do throughout your day. Um, if you're out for kind of a prolonged period of time, it can really affect just your energy, your mood, um, your immune system. If you're not really exercising or getting outside as much, um, it affects your social life, work life, um, and can really affect your relationships with your partner, your kids. Um, so it's just, it's something that is so, so important if you can take care of it or prevent it from, from coming on or getting worse. Um, and just not letting it affect all those aspects of your life. You know, I remember in college after surgeries, <laughs> I was just meeting all these new people and I tore my ACL a week into college and, you know, everyone, all the athletes would want to go bowling together. And <clears throat> I kind of had to sit there and I couldn't really do a lot. And there's just, that's a, a very small example in the scheme of life, but it really affects more than just your physical health. Yeah, I know. I mean, you mentioned the immune system and last year, I don't know if you knew, my my son Liam was in a car accident. You know, he was with a friend who shouldn't have been driving with other teenagers in the car, ran a stop sign and they were T-boned and Liam took the brunt of the injury. And so he had, I think it was like three fractures in the lumbar vertebra. Fortunately, they were just the transverse processes. So it wasn't Real significant, but it gave him pain throughout the wrestling season, gave him weakness. He ended up losing a lot of weight 
He lost strength. He just couldn't maintain throughout the season. But what we noticed the most was as we got into kind of January, he had a good six weeks where he missed a lot of school. He had repeated bouts of like kind of flu-like symptoms. And this is in the midst of COVID. So of course, you know, you have to test and, you know, if you have the symptoms, you can't go to school. And so, and then he did test positive just before districts. And so it really, really messed him up. And it wasn't until we got him into a good sports medicine doctor, into a good PT program, that he started to really make improvements and is doing a lot better this year. So I do think that managing back pain through prevention is the most ideal thing that we can be doing. And again, backing up to having proper posture, lifting, you know, resting when we need to, resting the way we should rest, not just simply in, you know, bad postural positions and all those things are important. So let's talk a little bit about the core. Uh, what is it and why is it important for aging well? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. So um, I know kind of going into probably an undergrad, if you asked me what the core was, I would have told you that it's your abdominal muscles. And the more I kind of dove into the human body and anatomy and you really start to realize how everything is connected. Um, I would define the core as abdominals, backs, glutes, um, even your hamstrings and quadriceps kind of come up and attach onto your pelvis. Um, your lats kind of cross down across your low back and on your sides, but they also attach to your upper extremities. Um, so your core is really, it's a, it's a large portion of your abdominals, your back, your hips, and really focusing on all of or incorporating exercises that kind of target all of those is very important. I like exercises that work multiple muscle groups at the same time um, and really just trying to treat the big picture and not just target one specific muscle here or there. I don't know if I was teaching it at the time you were in the program, um, and it may have been some of the classes that I wasn't teaching when you were there, but I've started incorporating kind of as a definition of the core, the spiral line. And you probably have come across that as a PT where you look at the muscles that essentially link from the occipital bone all the way down under the base of the foot and then back up and form this kind of spiral that kind of holds everything together. And those are basically the muscles that you were talking about there. And so when we talk about core, I think it's important to take this kind of head to toe kind of approach and not just crunches and get our six pack abs. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. It's all connected. And, you know, patients will ask like, I'm seeing you for this. So why is this hurting? And it's like, well, there's muscles that kind of cross both of those joints. It's really important to treat above and below and really treat the whole, the whole body um, as one. And I think we, we tend to neglect those of us, that, you know, not physical therapists or, maybe know or understand those basic mechanics that when something's hurting, we treat the area where it's hurt and we neglect that it might be something a bit more proximal. Like I have an athlete, one of our wrestlers at Westland who um, was having some knee problems, his patella kept popping out. And it turns out now, I guess he's been diagnosed with a, um, a meniscus tear. Uh, I figure what they call it, like some kind of 
horseshoe handle or something like that tear. But, um, you know, I was talking to him about, you got, we got to work your hips, you know, and strengthen those up because that's what's going to allow for the protection of that knee joint and help that patella to be able to track properly. And so we've got them doing more, you know, banded work around the hips and those types of things. Yeah, but, absolutely. You know, when you talked about the exercises that you prefer, you know, the carries, uh, squatting, all those things are working that entire true core. Yeah. And another thing that can happen as well, if somebody is having back pain and they kind of tend to have more of an antalgic or gait or kind of limp a little bit, um, or if they have one-sided hip pain, as you compensate and the longer that that pain lingers, you will kind of see, you know, maybe the other hip starts hurting or a knee starts hurting because they haven't been walking normally. Um, so that's another reason it's really important to treat the entire body, try to prevent anything else from hurting and just get that gait back to normal as quickly as possible. So Andy, I got to ask, what are you doing to age well? <laughs> um, I'd say for me, I mean, currently I, I aim to work out five to six days a week. I also do not have kids. So <laughs> I know that that's not always doable for everybody, but I think, um, you know, really making that a priority in your day, we all have 24 hours in a day and making that a priority over, you know, Netflix or social media or other things that are really easy to turn to before or after work. Um, so that's one of my biggest goals is to work out five to six times a day, depending on if I'm in town, you know, through the weekend or not. Um, and then I also try to fuel my body with as many whole foods as possible. No fad diets, no elimination um, of certain food groups. I, me personally, I'm fortunate enough to not have any really allergies or sensitivities. So I don't have to eliminate certain things, but really just trying to fuel whole foods, whole grains, fruits, vegetables, lean meats. Um, you know, what we put in our body and fuel our body with is so, so important and transfers to how we live our lives. Um, and then the other thing is trying to sleep eight to nine hours a night. So sleep is directly correlated to how long we live for. The more you sleep, the longer you live. And again, I know this isn't doable for everybody with young children or things in life that, that happen and come up, but you know, really trying to turn the TV off and go to bed earlier or, you know, plan your day out so you can get things done earlier in the day, whatever you have to do to try to get eight to nine hours is, is really important. So I'd say those are three of the big things for me. I also drink a ton of water. I have my 40 ounce, uh, hydro flask, and I think I'll drink that maybe five or six times <laughs> throughout the day. So I try to counter any caffeine I have, uh, I guess I'd say I try to I try to drink four 40 ounce hydro flasks a day. And then when I have caffeine, I'll drink an extra one or two. So pretty much everything we've been talking about on the Aging Well podcast, getting sleep. Do you have a bedtime? Um, well, so I wake up at about 5.30, 5.40 for work. So I try to go to bed by about nine. I try to get over eight hours. Like me. That's what I always preach. <laughs> Nine o'clock bedtime, get up about five and work out. I do think though, you know, when you talked about it, you know, this might not be possible for everybody. I think one thing we try and stress and I, I teach in my classes is opportunity costs. We have this 24 hour day 
and we choose how we want to utilize it. Now, some of that stuff is not going to be controllable. You know, kids make it a little bit more difficult, jobs, you know, and you have to get your sleep in there. You have to get your meals in there. But how much time do we spend on social media or, you know, doing things, watching TV or just doing stuff that we could utilize that time to be lifting weights or doing some kind of exercise or physical activity, we have the opportunity. We just have to kind of figure out how to edge it, you know, kind of squeeze it into the day and do stuff that is going to be the most effective, time efficient kind of exercise. So sounds like you're aging well. I know you're still very, very young. Um, <laughs> you, I'm trying to remember when you graduated from Western Oregon. Seems like just yesterday, but I'm sure it was 2015. closer to probably. Like, yeah, so hasn't been that long ago, but it's been a while. So I know one thing that really helps me with like productivity throughout the week is preparing well on Sundays. If I can use my Sunday to meal prep and get to bed early and really kind of set myself up well for the week, I feel like it's a lot easier to have healthy meals and still be able to go to the gym and, and do what I want to do. Um, so that's something that I try to really take advantage of is my Sunday afternoons. So Andy, it's been absolutely awesome having you as a guest. Um, I really enjoyed this interview. Is there a way for our listeners to possibly connect with you? Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been great to connect with both of you. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the most benefit listeners would get was, is from the Facebook group. Um, active professionals with back pain. You can also just find me on Facebook and friend request me if you can't find the group. Um, just Andy Clancy, A N D I C L A N C Y. And then on Instagram as well, Andy Clancy. I have um, some kind of videos and, and other information on, on Instagram about back pain as well. Great. And we'll include links to that in our description notes as well. This has been wonderful. Um, any last things you'd like to add? I would just say do as much as you can now to to keep moving and just find those little times, even if it's 15 minutes throughout the day to try to get some exercise in can make a big difference in the long run. And help you to age well. Yes. Thank you for listening. I hope you benefited from today's podcast. And until next time, keep aging well. <laughs>